morning, Jag Jungle. Governor Gretchen Whitmer lifted the ban on contact sports this week. Contact sports will be able to resume as soon as Monday, as long as athletes continue to wear masks. Governor Whitmer said, I'm so glad that our kids are going to be able to get back into playing the sports that they love. It's also important to remember that as we take this step, we must remain vigilant. At the end of the day, what has been most important throughout this process is making sure our kids can play is that we can keep them as safe as they do. Contact your coaches for more information. Attention all chess players. The chess club will meet in Mr. Lloyd's room, I-6, next Thursday, January 11th. Please bring your Chromebook because all games will be played through the website chess.com. See Mr. Lloyd for more information. And if you didn't know, Mr. Lloyd is in the hallway I-6, as he said, but that's next to Mrs. Tomich's room, uh, by Mr. Bannock's room, and he's also the leader of this whole Jaguar Weekly. Anyways, that has been your news for this week, and you guys have a fantastic week, and I hope that uh, next week, uh, when if you see me in the hall, just say hello, because I will say hi back. Thank you, Matthew. Next, we have a very special segment for Mr. Lloyd that is sure to bring a smile to all of your faces. One student walking the halls of Allen Park High School is guaranteed to bring a smile to the face of everyone he meets. Hi, my name's Parker Quinzabelli. Parker is a junior at Allen Park High School. He loves to read the Harry Potter series, loves playing video games with his brother, and being able to hang out with his friends. But one thing that makes Parker stand out amongst his peers is his deep passion for music. Jalen Sims, Parker's choir and band teacher, had this to say about Parker's passion. Parker is just very, very musical. There are some students who um, do music and they like it. Parker is one of those students who just absolutely, he loves music. Uh, he's always singing, he's always moving uh, to the beat. I mean, even at marching band, uh, he, I would hear him singing. And then uh, of course in choir class, he's singing. He loves to talk about uh, his favorite artists and music that he listens to. Uh, very strong sense of rhythm, really strong sense of rhythm. And I can tell you, that kid, I, I can't wait to like get to work with him in person because he has a really strong falsetto. He has got a, he's got a big voice. If you're like me, you may not know what a falsetto is. So I asked Mr. Sims for a description. And so falsettos on the other end, it's that very light, breathy sound that uh, you hear a lot sometimes. Pop artists is growing really high. There's a good number of students that I meet, uh, especially um, young male students, who cannot access their falsettos. And Parker seems to do it just effortlessly. So I think that's real. That's one of the really cool things, uh, music-wise, a, a gift that he has, because a lot of people can't do that right away. When I had a chance to speak with Parker this week, I was fortunate enough to be able to hear exactly what Mr. Sims was talking about. Oh, love for music, I spoke with the woman who first spotted Parker's potential. My name is Christy Kruger, a former high school music instructor, and Parker Davis Quisenberry has melted my heart from the first moment I met him. 
first he was in the choir and I was like, this isn't enough. I got to have more, you know, and um, he couldn't get enough of music in the band. So even though he was in choir, I had him uh, march in the Allen Park lighted Christmas parade, which is in November. And he loved it. He dressed up and I had invited some choir members, but he really just stood with the color guard at that point through the parade, even though he was just in choir. Soon, Parker was doing more than just standing with the color guard. And when I asked him what was his favorite part of Allen Park High School, there was no hesitation. The marching band. Very nice. Yeah, I saw you in the marching band. You, uh, what's your instrument, Parker? Quash the cymbals. According to Parker's mother, Nicole, it was the band that created a deep bond between Parker, his school, and his peers. It's Miss Kruger getting Parker involved in the band was a game changer. He was able to, to be in something and feel a big part of something and teaching him how to play the cymbals was the number one. Yeah. Yeah. Being a part of the school and getting involved in a sport or a club or anything of interest that has to do with school is one of the most important things. So even if your kid is a little bit shy or apprehensive about joining something, try to give them that push to do it so they feel a sense of belonging to the school. Ultimately, for Mr. Sims, it is Parker's passion for music that is a reminder of our common humanity. You can play music and sing music, and you can do it without words, and people can still feel it and um, draw meaning from it. So I think that just goes to the heart of music and the heart of being human. And um, and Parker's just one of those people who just have this exceptional love for music. It was already well known that Parker Quisenberry is one of the sweetest students to ever walk the halls of Allen Park. And now, thanks to Mr. Lloyd, we know he's one of the most musical, too. Next, we'll switch over to Emma Compton as she does a segment in honor of Black History Month on what is one of America's most iconic politicians. Emma Compton here with some freaky fun history facts. In honor of the start of Black History Month, I'm going to be discussing Shirley Chisholm, the second black person to be a part of the New York City Legislature, the first black congresswoman, and the first black woman to run for president from a major political party. Shirley Chisholm was born on November 30th, 1924, to Charles and Ruby St. Hill, who were both immigrants. She was the oldest of four daughters and was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. She did well in school and showed promise in a career in politics early on. She received her Bachelor's of Arts from Brooklyn College in 1948. There, she also won many awards for debate skills. She was encouraged by many professors to seek out a career in politics. She responded that her, quote, double handicap, being both black and a woman, would prevent her from doing so. In 1951, she earned her master's degree in childhood education from Columbia University. She went on to work as a nursery school teacher. She didn't give up her knack for politics and activism, though. She was a member of the League of Women Voters, the Urban League, the NAACP, and the Democratic Party Club. After she left her career in education, which she was first a teacher at a nursery school, and later she had become a consultant for the New York Division of Daycare, she decided to run for office. In 1964, 
Shoei Chisholm became the second black person to be elected to the New York State Legislature as a New York State Assemblywoman. Four years later, in 1968, she ran against James Farmer to represent New York's 14th Congressional District. In a majority black and Puerto Rican district, Chisholm had a huge advantage because of her background in education where she became fluent in Spanish. Because she was able to speak Spanish to her Spanish-speaking voters and potential voters, she gained a lot of respect, support, and inevitably their votes. It also probably helped that she would ride around on a truck with a loudspeaker as a part of her campaign, ending most of her speeches with, This is fighting Shirley Chisholm. She defeated Farmer and became the first black congresswoman. This election, while incredibly historically significant, and we look back on it and say that this was such a wonderful, huge step forward for our country, well, it didn't really get a lot of attention from the public at first. That is, until Chisholm was signed in and officially became the first black congresswoman. Then, she faced all kinds of racist and misogynistic comments and harassment on a daily basis. During her time in Congress, she was assigned to the House Agriculture Committee. She was adamant that her placement was not only an insult, but a misuse of her many talents. Seeing as she was born and raised in the city, she didn't think she had a lot of knowledge about agriculture and really shouldn't be put in the House Agriculture Committee. Which, to me, makes a lot of sense. Chisholm, however, turned her situation around, and she found a great way to help people. Not only did she fight to expand the Food Stamp Act, she also played a major role in the development in the, and this is a mouthful, get ready, Special Supplemental Nutrition Program for Women, Infants, and Children. And because the title's so long, we typically just shorten it to the WIC. This program, that still exists today, aims to help low-income women and children maintain a healthy diet and access to healthy, clean food. Chisholm also championed race and gender equality. She was a constant supporter of equal rights and played a huge part in passing Title IX. And if you don't know what that is, it's a law that prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex in a school or education program that is funded by the federal government. In 1972, Chisholm became the first black woman to run for the United States presidency. Her slogan, Unbought and Unbossed, highlighted her belief in an honest government and in an unbiased presidency. This is reflected in her announcement speech, where she said, I am the candidate of America. She campaigned for the Democratic ticket, along with George McGovern, who ultimately won the ticket, Hubert Humphrey, and Edmund Muskie. Although she was the first black woman to run, she was not the only woman of color running during that election. She was joined by Patsy Mink, a Japanese-American congresswoman, who was the first woman of color to be elected to Congress. Chisholm was also not the only black person running. Walter Fontroy, who had helped organize the March on Washington and is a renowned civil rights activist, was also running. Although Richard Nixon, the incumbent candidate, ultimately won the election, Chisholm's run was a huge step forward for black people and black women. 
Shirley Chisholm was posthumously awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the highest honor a civilian can receive, in 2015 by President Barack Obama. When asked what she wanted her legacy to be, she responded that, quote, I'd like them to say Shirley Chisholm had guts. And she absolutely did. Her career demonstrates her unwavering commitment to her values and the people she represented. It also shows incredible bravery and courage to run for the highest office in government right at the tail end of the civil rights movement was potentially very dangerous. But she stuck to her guns and didn't stop fighting. If they don't give you a seat at a table, bring a folding chair. A quote that truly displays Shirley Chisholm's perseverance and strength. During this Black History Month, I challenge you to learn about at least one African-American in history and look for the many ways in which they have reflected true grit and determination in their lives. Thank you for listening to this episode, and don't forget to join us again next week on The Jaguar. Jaguar.